There may not be a formula for authentic worship, but there are for sure ingredients. In this podcast today, we want to share some of those ingredients for how you can make sure that your church, your team, and you as the leader are living out and doing your best to lead authentic worship. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church leadership. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful for you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. And we'd also be honored to have you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Let's join together in today's episode starting now. You really can't fabricate worship in spirit and in truth. It has to come from the heart. And I've been helping in worship ministry for a really long time. And the more the years stack up, the more I realize that there isn't a formula. The only thing that uh, I know for sure is that there are times when I feel like everything is creatively planned, really ready, executed pretty well overall, but the engagement and the response doesn't seem to match my enthusiasm about how well it appeared to be. And other times, I feel like I've barely put it together, or it didn't come off the way I wanted it to, and for whatever reason, the Spirit moves in mighty, unpredictable, and powerful ways. And though there isn't a formula for successful, engaging, transforming, and authentic worship, there are some ingredients And these practical ingredients are things that you can bring to your ministry on an everyday, regular basis that can make a difference in how you lead. None of these things are about tools or production tips or music composition tips or anything like that. None of it is really about how we are doing this. It's more the ingredients that we put into the pot so that we are able to lead authentic worship. So I'm going to run through these quickly. And by the way, my name is Tim Price, and I'm so glad that you are here for the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. I'm glad to have Elizabeth West in the studio. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm doing good. Glad you're here and um, helping with uh, as the intern for the year and all the different ministry avenues you're helping with, including the tech side of these podcasts and other things as well. We're so glad that you're here. These are the ingredients. You can check these out also on the blog at worshipleadertoolbox.com. Number one is prayer. And if there's anything that we are repetitive about, it's the fact that worship leaders and the leaders of a church and the church in general needs to be praying. It's the only way that that God is really going to be at work in us and through us and in the world due to his great grace and power, but also our faith, as small as it may be. And so bathing your ministry in prayer allows for several things to happen. One, it moves the heart of God. Secondly, it moves the one who is praying. It changes you. And third, it focuses our work and our ministry on giving God glory. And so just a couple questions about prayer, even though we do say this a lot. Do you have a prayer team praying for you? Are you inviting people to pray? Do you pray for your church, for your worship services, for your leaders, for your ministry each week, for your teams, your tech teams, everybody? Do you have an intentional way to actually pray for your ministry? 
And do you spend time as a team praying before you have rehearsals or little rehearsals or before church, whenever those times are, those are important things to do. And it's good to lead people in it. It's good to invite people to participate in it. And overall, prayer is one of the main ingredients for uh, authentic worship in your church. The second one is preparation. And this is one little ingredient that I often will struggle with. If, if you're thinking of baking a cake and you wind up accidentally leaving out the sugar and um, you know it, it comes out okay, but it's a little bit not as great. And sometimes that's kind of the way it is for me. I heard it said once that if your gift is accomplishing a certain thing, say music or organization or, or leading a church or whatever, and you also have 10 other things on your plate that you have to do that you're not as gifted at, then you're going to wind up gravitating toward the things that take the longest amount of time. And you're going to put on the back burner your giftedness. And you're going to think, well, I can pull that off on the weekend. I can make that happen. I can do that on the fly. And as a result, you are actually not um, really investing your gift. You're actually just abusing sort of in a way. You're just using your gift up without a lot of opportunity to, to build on it and grow it and allow it to make the kind of impact that it can make. And so that's kind of the, sometimes what I feel like uh, when it comes to the, the uh, structure of making sure you have time to prepare. I think there's kind of a misnomer out there, and we've also talked about this on the podcast, that um, many people think that you have to be free from order in order for your creativity to come out. They think if you're going to have this really ad-lib kind of feeling worship service that you really can't prepare. And I have learned over the years that that is exactly opposite. If you want the door to open to more freedom and more opportunity for ad-libbing and kind of getting a feeling of just like impromptu, authentic worship for the spirit to move and for there to be less stress, then you are going to have to prepare even more. If you've prepared your band and you've got them all set up and ready to go and you, you're tight and you know what needs to happen, when it needs to happen, and how it's going to happen, then you're much more likely able to wing it a little bit on Sunday as the spirit moves and as you need to do different things. Or at the very least, the preparation time you put in in advance will come across seeming very natural and in a sense done without any kind of uh, stress. It just comes off with ease. So here's another bit of wisdom in that regard. Time isn't a factor for God. He can move in our planning the weeks before the need is there. We're called to prepare and be ready for what God will do in the life of our church. And I think that's just an amazing thought. And it happens, and I see it happen, and have experienced happening so often that the sermon series or the songs that are chosen months ago wind up landing on the perfect day, at the perfect scenario, the perfect time in the life of the church or in the life of an individual or whatever number of ways God's Spirit is at work. Here's number three, new things. When a worship team is trying something new, it seems like the team relies uh, more on the Spirit. And basically, it's the whole issue of getting out of your comfort zone. The freshness and energy from a leadership team, a worship team, a pastor, anybody in ministry, leaving the comfort zone can really be felt amongst the congregation. New things will keep people on their toes, and it's inspiring and motivating. It's great to you know, dream of, 
of awesome times of worship. But the one small ingredient that you can add is to try something new, to take that risk, to do something different. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this here or not. I've had several conversations about it, but just recently this fall, during the Halloween season, we um, actually took our whole worship team and decided to wear brightly colored orange shirts with the letters spelled out on the front, J-E-S-U-S. And since there was six of us that day, we put an exclamation point at the end. And Elizabeth was the exclamation point. And so thanks for being the the, uh, person on the end, Elizabeth. But um, the cool thing was is that same songs, same setup, same worship sort of organization and flow for the most part. But this one new little thing, matching shirts that normally we wouldn't do, but it worked for a Sunday that fell on Halloween. And that new little thing was a small little risk that paid big rewards. Number four of the six, leading with people in mind. So we're thinking about the ingredients here. There's not a formula, but there are ingredients for authentic worship. And one of them is that often the worship leader and many of the worship team members are going to have to, in some ways, sacrifice a little bit in order to lead the congregation. You have to be available to help lead the church, not just do all the things that help you worship. There may be songs, styles of worship, components that really don't reach you, but it reaches the people you're leading. And a couple examples. One is, for every time that you have sung a song, the congregation has just barely caught on. You've rehearsed it, you've practiced, you've listened, you've done it eight or ten times. The congregation has just done it once. You might even do it twice on a Sunday. And it may be old for you long before it's old for them. But you're a leader of leading servants. You're leading people who are helping the church. And one of the things we have to do at times is sacrifice the thing that might seem more stale for us, but for the church is fresh. And I have found when that happens that in reality... When you do a song that even you've done 50 times, for a congregation who is really receptive and open and so thrilled about a song that they are you know, able to catch on to because it's familiar, they've sung it a few times now, it, it revives the sense of, of you know, excitement and freshness even if you feel like it's been the same thing over and over. Just a couple weeks back, we sang the song, I Love You, Lord, the little chorus that isn't too long. And it's been around a long, long time. And at the end of a song, we just added in, I love you, Lord. And everybody sang along. We haven't probably done that song in six or eight years, maybe. And we just threw it in for whatever reason at the end of the first song of the morning. And people were able to worship. That is leading with people in mind. One other quick example is kind of a practical thing that um, every once in a while I hear come up at different conversations and conferences and things like that. And that is the whole idea of your own stage presence, your presence on stage, as far as closing your eyes, helping people to feel comfortable, engaging, moving, modeling what worship looks like. Each of those components is leading with your congregation in mind. Sometimes that means do more of it. Other times it means do less of it in terms of, uh, you know, the example, closing your eyes or having them open. If you're a worship leader, there may be times that you want to close your eyes for an entire song. But as a leader, that's probably not the best choice if you're trying to connect and engage with your church. All right, we've done four of these. We've got two more. And Elizabeth, I know you're helping with uh, 
the back end of this podcast. However, if you have any thoughts, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. But for right now, we're going to um, go to a little commercial break. All right. We're back. Ingredients for more authentic worship in your church. Number one is prayer. Number two is preparation. Number three is new things. Number four is leading with the people in mind. And number five of six, give your all. Don't hold back in worship ministry. You remember the story of the woman who anointed Jesus with an entire jar of expensive perfume. And um, the, the woman who gave two mites all she had to live on, as Jesus said. And the crowd in scripture that threw down their coats for Jesus to walk into Jerusalem. And you probably heard it said before that worship is a verb. Don't just be a spectator or a facilitator. Actively worship with everything that you have and everything that you are. And as you do that, as you give your all, uh, you've got a couple things going. One, you're living out and understanding your whole presence on stage as a leader. Understanding that it's by God's grace that you are free to worship and to lead worship. It's not anything you've done. It's nothing that you have set yourself up for that you have these gifts or you have this perfect life or anything like that. You basically are a child of God by God's grace. And that is the common denominator. You basically are his. And from there, you can give your all. The full jar of perfume, the last two coins you have, everything that you have as a verb to worship. Number six This is an ingredient that often gets overlooked because it's maybe a little bit too practical or maybe sometimes people don't feel like they have the authority to do this. But we as worship leaders can teach people about worship and how to worship. We never want to leave teaching out. If we say worship leaders teach a new song this week, that is pretty cut and dried. It's pretty simple. Pull out a new song, something we love. We show the congregation teach a little bit, sing a little bit, count on the next couple Sundays, making sure that it sticks. But we never want to leave out teaching on worship. Unchurched people are probably more attracted to a congregation that is engaged in worship and, you know, worship every day as well. But during this corporate worship time as a church, then they're going to be attracted to just a really put together worship team. I don't think unchurched people walk into churches and say, wow, sleek, nice, cool, nice lights. There's a little bit of that, but for the most part, they're going to experience what the congregation is doing and an energetic and heartfelt congregation during worship will do wonders for helping people connect with Christ. So take a moment, feel free to take time on Sundays to teach people how to worship. This doesn't mean you stop the song set, pull out a whiteboard and go into a, you know, 20 minute session. There might be times for that. Pastor might do that. There's all kinds of different ways for this to happen. But in little tiny bite-sized segments, you're going to help your congregation learn different aspects of worship. Much like Jesus did when he taught people how to pray, how to serve, how to remember him, how to live a life after God. There's so many different little ways that you can teach. You can pause. You can invite people to experience different postures and ways and thoughts about how to worship actively and inwardly. Well, those are the six things. And I want to encourage you in your ministry, don't try to put together a formula for authentic worship. Just include these little things that are going to snowball and begin to grow in you and your team and your church. 
and then you're going to see authentic worship. Worship in spirit and truth. You can't fabricate it, but you can for sure add in the ingredients. All right, Elizabeth. Um, we have our little pieces of paper here, and I saw you making a note. What 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 did you make a note about? Well, um, whatever you were talking about, like the new things, that's one thing that like I really enjoy whenever like someone incorporates something new into like a worship service. And like you said, it it kind of um, I don't know. It kind of keeps people like on their toes. And, like, you really can feel, like, a different energy. It's, like, really exciting. And I think, like, when the leaders are excited, then, like, the people get excited, too. So, oh, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely true. If the leaders aren't excited, it's, like, uh, working against everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about that before, like, the idea of a leader's being a thermostat, not a thermometer. And so even if everybody's kind of coming in just sitting there, you know, looking at you, kind of, like, they're not really looking at their watch, but they kind of have that attitude. Yeah. What's weird is I just looked at my watch like I was, gonna, <laughs> everybody's going to see that on a podcast. But yeah. um, But when the worship team has that new little spurt, then they have more energy and then it kind of becomes like more of a thermostat and everybody kind of like chimes in. So this t-shirt example that you were a part of, it's pretty, it was pretty basic. I mean, like yeah. it took a little bit of effort to uh-huh. buy six orange t-shirts and have somebody put letters on it, but but the fruit of it was actually pretty neat. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, everybody was yeah. running around saying, why does your shirt say S? <laughs> why does your shirt say E? Like, if we weren't standing together, everybody was confused. Yeah. Until church started. And then everybody's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. I get it now. And I especially love the comment on Facebook like three days later. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the orange shirts, but they had no idea what was going on. So that's pretty funny. Well, that's good. New things. That is a, a huge encouragement. And then... Uh, what was the other note you made? Um, I kind of also had some thoughts, like, what are you talking about? Like, teaching? Like, teaching people to worship? I feel like that's something that's, like, really important because, I don't know, sometimes I feel like people don't really understand what worship is. So, um, I don't know, I just feel like it's really important people understand, like, worship is, like, a really powerful thing. And, like you can experience God in like really mighty ways through it. Yeah, that's really true. So when you think of teaching and worship, do you think of like somebody playing a keyboard and kind of talking about something while people stand there and look at you? Like, is it that quick when you think of it or do you think of it differently? I kind of, I feel like I kind of do think of it that way. Like teach it and then practice it. Like we're all going to do this this time or something like that. Kind of like that. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes, like maybe like a certain song, if you like kind of explain like what that song means and just like encourage people to like really think about that. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't have to be action. It could just mm-hmm. be, we're going to sing this loudly because yeah. here's what this really means. Like yeah. hymns or worship songs or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Two little tidbits. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in, Elizabeth. Yep. And for everybody else, we're so glad that you were here and thankful for opportunity to be together on this journey of lifting up the name of Jesus and pray a blessing on you as you continue. And um, if you would like to, we'd love to have you rate this podcast, subscribe to it. If you're listening in that type of setup, you can um, be sure to share it with your worship team, other people that might find it helpful. 
And for sure, we want to know, want you to know that we're praying for you and, and thankful for your ministry in the kingdom. You can find out more or get connected to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. And until next time, thanks. Hey, this is Ava again, and just wanted to tell you thanks for listening. We hope this has been helpful for you and your ministry. And if it has, we give God praise. Let's stay in touch through the website, worshipleadertoolbox.com. Until next time, keep lifting up the name of the Lord and leading your people well. Thank you.